Warning, the following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Cringe Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcasts without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. And then we will send three black-eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios, it's Dark Fringe Radio. And welcome to Dark Fringe Radio. I am your host, Will Martinez. Thanks, everyone, for joining in on the podcast. It's a great day for another episode. This week, we're going to be talking about Haunted Hollywood and uh, all the creepy shit that goes around Hollywood. And, of course, this week, joining me, my co-host, as always, Jay Galosi. Jay, what's up, buddy? What's going on, my man? Not much, man. Just rocking out to this music, man. Doing this intro. Talk about some haunted Hollywood stuff, man. Terrible Central Town. Yeah, some creepy shit that happens out there, no? Always, man. It's weird because it's the city of angels. I'm pretty sure it's full of a bunch of devils. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, I wanted to remind everybody real quick before we get started tonight um, how to listen to the podcast. You can listen to us on Google Play. You can listen to us on iTunes. Also, you can listen to us on SoundCloud. Um, another um, a good platform is uh, Player FM, which I, I particularly like. You can listen to all of our podcasts there and catch up um, to, uh, you know, from beginning to end. Uh, all our episodes, we're heading up to almost episode 50, Jay. So that's going to be coming around the corner pretty soon, and I want to kind of plan something special for that. So um, that's something to think about. But um, again, that's how you can listen to the podcast. If you do go on iTunes or Google Play, please make sure you give us a five-star rating and a comment. That's very important for us. Please go ahead and do that because uh, they do kind of disappear after a while. And so any kind of help from you guys would be much appreciated. So please go on there, give us a five-star rating and also a comment, which is very important. So thank you for doing that. And uh, of course, if you want to follow us on social media, you can. I definitely urge you guys to do that, um, especially our Instagram. That's where we have our most uh, uh, relatable and recent posts come from there. And then also Facebook and Twitter. So you can just follow us on Dark Fringe Radio. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, pretty simple. Uh, and that's pretty much it. So that's how you can listen to us uh, for the podcast. Also, uh, follow us on those social media platforms. Keep up to date. Uh, we're going to be putting more and more things up there. Uh, we, I have a couple of things that we are planning on doing. Some just side off things instead of making a part of the episode of the podcast. Um, I was thinking of maybe doing like maybe Instagram stories, maybe a, a horror movie review, something like that, separate from the podcast. Keep it separate so that way it keeps uh, the content kind of nice and fresh and that way everybody can uh, uh, partake in that. So uh, something to think about uh, for the future, Jay. So um, how's everything else been, man? Good? Oh, man, it's been awesome. Very good, man. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about Haunted Hollywood. But first, before we get into that, of course, the mailbag. We got to get into the mailbag for this week, Jay. We got to check the mail. There's a letter in your mailbox. I want to check the mail, man. All right. So first one uh, for tonight comes from Paul Rader from Asheville, North Carolina, Jay. And uh, the subject of the email is secret military bases. And uh, Paul writes, uh, hello, guys. I'm a longtime resident of Asheville, North Carolina, and I've witnessed the large 18-wheeler government trucks going into the woods and never returning back. More specifically, uh, many residents here believe that the uh, there's actually a military or secret military base in the mountain range not far from the outskirts of town. 
Uh, the thing is, is that there's no visible compounds or large buildings. So uh, that would require, obviously, the sheer size of what it would need to, uh, you know, be without being noticed, obviously. Um, so he says, uh, he goes on to say, nevertheless, I am not sure if there is any information about this online, but I figured it was something that uh, I could share uh, that was happening right in front of our faces. Thank uh, thank you very much, Paul Rader from Asheville, North Carolina. So have you ever heard about this stuff, Jay? I, I know you lived up in kind of near that area in Tennessee. Do you ever see stuff like that? Actually, I was thinking about that. There was um, a Air Force base where I lived in Tullahoma, Tennessee, and I never actually did go and look up to see if it was like a major base or what was going on with it. But I tell you that something weird was going on there because they would actually fly their jets past the speed of sound well within distance to actually rattle all of the windows in the house. They're like oh. They would knock shit off, off shelves and whatnot, and I was out in the middle of nowhere. Right. So you were getting the sonic booms from this thing. It was crazy. The first couple times I heard it, I thought it was trains slamming into one another. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intimidating once you hear something like that because it's, uh, it's a noise that you never forget. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's some, that's some pre- pretty creepy shit. And, yeah, I've heard of that stuff happening out there in North Carolina. <clears throat> I've even heard of, like, some different kind of military people out there um, because I've heard there's some type of, I don't know if this is true or not, maybe a complete urban legend or conspiracy theory, but about there's actually parcels of land that actually don't belong to the United States out there. They actually belong to, like, the U.N., and so there's mm-hmm. actually UN military people out there doing God knows what. I don't know, but that's from what I've, I've heard. So who knows if that's true or not? But maybe it has something to do with he, what he's talking about here from uh, Paul from Nashville. So no, I've never heard of anything else besides that, Paul. But it's a very good it, theory, and I I, I could well, see it's, how it's, that it's possible. It's a good topic. Yeah, very. Like much that's so. something that you and I should do. Uh, maybe do some some research and kind of delve into a couple ones that sound most interesting most shocking to us that we can find yeah and you know it's funny we're getting some of these best like really good ideas for these uh, podcasts from our listeners so thank you know thank you guys for uh sending that stuff in because uh the last few episodes have been suggestions from you guys so uh besides this one um but yeah absolutely yeah thank you for sending that in paul and we do definitely appreciate it so uh okay the next one is from harry nichols uh, no, Henry Nichols, sorry, uh, from Provo. Okay. Yeah, Pro- I like Harry Nichols better. Yeah, Harry. That's a great name. I know, right? Uh, no, Henry Nichols from Provo, Utah, and the subject is WTF. What the fuck? Henry writes, Hi, I'm Henry, and I was wondering if either of you guys have paid any attention to the massive amount of pedophile rings that have been busted uh, as of late. Uh, it seems to me that there have been a, been a tipping point somewhere when it comes to these secretive rings because they're starting to see so many of them being uncovered and broken up. I don't know. It just seems like something that you and Jay could discuss in a future episode. Well, look at that. Another one, another show suggestion. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, Henry Nichols from, uh, Provo, Utah. Yeah. I've seen that. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed that too, Jay, but there's, that's something that we've, I've seen in the last, I'd say year to year and a half where you're starting to see like a hundred and 150 people getting like busted all at the same time you know, these huge rings and it just, I don't know. It's, you're starting to see it more and more. I don't know if they're just getting better at catching them now. I don't know what the deal is, but um, yeah, you're starting to see more of an influx. Well, I think there's more people now talking about, about it. There's more people that are experiencing that or are victims of it that are coming forward. So there's more information for them to, uh, to, to take from and decipher from and they get more, more details. They can actually build good solid cases uh, you know, against the Hollywood elite. So 
I have noticed there's been an influx of uh, different pedophile rings being broken up. That would definitely be a great episode. Uh, we can kind of piggyback on that because uh, we did an episode kind of about that. Yeah, on Hollywood. Probably six yeah. months ago. Yeah. We it, talked about like the Wizard of Oz and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was that was a big topic. It was it was sex in Hollywood. Um, so it would definitely be good to kind of switch that that uh, focus more on to just the pedophilia rings um, that are getting busted. There needs to be more light brought to that stuff. There's all too often great things go unnoticed. Oh, absolutely. And I'm the number one proponent of that. I mean, if you follow us on uh, Instagram, uh, you'll know that I'm like avid. I'm the first one posting stuff like when you're seeing these priests getting busted for molesting, you know, hundreds of kids. And it just, oh, yeah, they get a blurb in the newspaper or, yeah, there's a, you know, one online article here and one maybe there. You know what I mean? But something stupid as, you know, somebody naming their kid, you know, something stupid, you know, gets fucking press all over the place. Uh, which is, you know, that's disheartening because, you know, this stuff, like you said, Jay, needs to be, uh, you know, talked about more and put out in the open world because it's happening all around us and it needs to stop. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll, it's the same reason why Trump is our president. I mean, it's, as a as a society, our tension level, our ability to, to focus at things for long distances or for long times, rather, uh, is so minimal that, of course, we're going to have somebody who's more more focused on throwing shade on Twitter uh, while he does some pretty backhanded shit in the office that nobody ever talks about. Yeah, you're right, and um, you know it's it's uh, it's crazy that uh, we're you know we're starting to see these things being uncovered little by little, and I'm glad they're they're being uncovered little by little. Uh, but it, again, the 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 attention focus needs to be put on that more of this stuff needs to be put out there and talked about. So that's the, that's the key thing. Um, well, listen, that's uh thank you for uh, sending that uh, email in as well. Uh, we re- really appreciate it. We're light on the mailbag. So please guys, um, if you have anything to send over to us, uh, show uh, suggestions, if you guys want to be a guest, um, actually we got a request for one of those. So I'll be talking to you Jay privately about that later, but um, yeah, please send that to us at the dark fringe at gmail.com. Again, that's the dark fringe at gmail.com. You can send uh, uh, send us all that information there, and um, I will get it and respond back to you pretty promptly. So um, that's it for the mailbag this week, Jay. Uh, we'll get into Haunted Hollywood here in a minute and uh, get into that topic and uh, start picking it apart, all right? Sounds good. Very good. Give us one minute. We'll be right back. Oh, man, I have... Devil's Night. I have a standing reservation. Of course, Mr. Ramirez. Well, my pleasure to welcome you to the Hotel Cortez. Uh, this is your second year joining? Third. I died in 2013. Apologies. Let me show you your room. I was hoping Manson could join us this year. Charlie hasn't shuffled off this mortal coil yet. He's still serving life in state prison. That's too bad. Your room, sir. The master has left a couple of treats on the pillow. I don't need a key. This is Bernie Taylor, author of Before Ryan, Finding the Face of the Hero. You are now on Dark Fringe Radio. 
All right, and thanks for uh, joining us at Dark Fringe Radio uh, tonight. Um, you know, me and Jay uh, decided to get together and uh, bring up a pretty interesting topic tonight. Jay was the one who suggested this one, and I thought it was a very good uh, topic. And we're going to be talking about haunted Hollywood. Now, you know, throughout time, you know, uh, growing up as uh, you know a, a young man watching movies and movie theaters and all the stuff you know that's intertwined with Hollywood, you know, you're enthralled, and you, it's something that's very. Um, you know, mystifying about it, you know, Jay. And it, when it comes to Hollywood, it's there's something you know very intriguing about it. It's like another world in itself. You know, tonight we're going to be talking about the more darker side of Hollywood and some of the things that you know are not really talked about that much, but we all know that happens. And it's just one of those things that you know people just kind of want to only see the the bright side of Hollywood and not really talk about the dark side. So, um, Jay, um, since you brought this one up, why don't you start it off and, and break the ice tonight and uh, bring us your first uh, example or, you know, maybe, um, you know, item you want to bring up when it comes to Haunted Hollywood. Well, the first one I'm going to bring up is definitely the, the one of the, it's the less of the two. Um, it's a pretty neat story. Uh, it ends up leading to a new movie that's about to be made. Uh, Dan Aykroyd talks about, uh, the first house he lived in, in California is the Mama Cass house. So uh, for those who don't know who Mama Cass was, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners do, uh, she's a very famous singer from the Mamas and Papas. The house that she grew up in, the house that she referred to a lot um, in any interviews or as she's becoming famous, uh, where she was mostly interviewed, uh, mostly influenced, rather, was this house that she lived in, um, out in California now, as you fast forward, she died far too young. Um, and it seems that her ghost, her spirit, now resides and haunts the house that she grew up in. So Dan Aykroyd, as uh, a young actor in, in California, trying to make his way on SNL, he buys his house because it was close to the lot where, the, where they were shooting everything. And noticed that there were a lot of strange things that happened not too long after he moved in. Things like uh, the stairmaster would go on its own, uh, his his piano would play itself, doors would slam constantly. Uh, and the big kicker for him was one night he said he felt something crawl into him next crawl next to him into bed, and it was not his wife Dion. So he realized right then and there that it was probably Mama Cass, and trying to get the attention of Dan Aykroyd to allow, to allow him to know that her presence was there. The interactions he would have with her while he lived in that house are ultimately what inspired him to write Ghostbusters. Wow, that's pretty interesting. And you know what's uh, it's pretty interesting, too? A lot of people don't know about Dan Aykroyd. He is actually, um, he's been fond of the paranormal for all his life. He's actually studied it all his life. Um, you know, his parents were really into it. Uh, they were into, um, you know, a lot of that uh alternative type of um, um, learning and teaching and stuff like that. And uh, he would get into uh, a lot of that stuff, even ghost hunting. And he was into that stuff a long time before, um, you know, he even did any of this stuff. And so that's a, it's a pretty interesting thing that how he always had that influence in him, you know, even such at a young age, how it kind of came out in these movies as well. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's neat that it led to a succession of now it's going to be a fourth movie. Um, I'm really excited to see that new uh, new edition of the Ghostbusters with the original cast back. Uh, you know, animated series, toys, all that. And it all started from this one tiny little house, you know, out in the suburbs of California. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, again, like, uh, you know, 
Dan Aykroyd has just a, a huge mind for something like this, and it's just so cool to see how this series is going to continue now, like you said, in this new film that they're um, planning on doing. I think they were saying they were going to release it in 2020. Is that correct, Jake? I think that was the, the plan. I believe that's the plan as it said, yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Well, I look forward to seeing that too. And, um, well, that's cool, man. That's a, that's a very interesting, uh, first, uh, you know, blow up the topic here tonight. Um, the one I wanted to kind of start off with tonight, Jay, was the CISO hotel. Um, I actually want to spend a little bit of time on this one because I did a lot of research on this and it's actually one of, um, one of my favorite, um, legends of, you know, Tinseltown, as they say. And what it is, is this is really run down hotel where a lot of just crackheads and just, People and basers used to go, uh, you know, just to get high, prostitutes, and you would still have, like, maybe some of the Hollywood elite, you know, the, the drunkies or the juggy, druggies of those people would end up there as well. <clears throat> so, in 1927, the Cecil Hotel, which is currently known now, it's still there, is called the Stay on Main, by the way. So, you can mm-hmm. actually still go there. Um, it initially opened with about 700 rooms, and it was uh, intended to attract and entertain the businessmen of the, you know, the area. And, um, you know, slowly but surely it just declined, you know, over time. And it wasn't long before it, you know, fell victim to hard times as, as you know, Los Angeles did during that time. Um, so it was also situated in a really bad part of L.A. It was on the end of Skid Row, which we all know, which is where, you know, all the homeless people are and so on and so forth, you know. So yep. um, so after that part, you know, after, you know, that happening to the hotel, just getting worse and worse. There's a lot of legends that actually tie back to the Cecil Hotel. A lot of the things that happen in Hollywood, a lot of the murders tie back to the Cecil Hotel. A lot of strange deaths tie back to the Cecil Hotel. Now, what I mean by that is this. The most recent one that most people may know and may recognize is the death of Elisa Lamb. Now, that is a um, particular story of a woman. There was a video of a woman. She was... um, recorded in a an elevator in a hotel of the Cecil hotel acting very weird like acting like she was being hunted by somebody or being tracked down by somebody but there was nobody else in the in the video footage i encourage everybody to look it up on youtube just look up um elisa lamb it's e-l-i-s-a-l-a-m uh video and it just it's a very strange video you just see this you know um asian woman running up and down the hallways acting like somebody's chasing her but there's nobody there and the fucked up part of this whole story, Jay, is that she ends up in the water tank storage part of the hotel, meaning that there was actually people in the hotel complaining that the water pressure was down. And the reason why was because there was a body in the tank and it was her body. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a crazy story to know, you know, to, to think about how did this, you know, what, what was wrong with this woman to be, you know, running around in this hotel acting like some crazy woman and ending up in the fucking water reservoir of the of the hotel. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, it just That's crazy. It doesn't make sense. And I definitely urge everybody to check that out um once uh, if they can just to check it out on YouTube. It's just a creepy video and you just see her just going up and down and she just she seemed panic um, you know, she's going up and down the floors and it, it was just crazy. But yeah, that's one of the, you know, more famous deaths that come out of the Cecil hotel. And the mo- one of the more recent ones, um, because the death of, you know, her was just the most recent there's been, it started from the beginning. You know, we go back to like the black Dahlia. Let's talk about the black Dahlia. Everybody knows about her, right? She was that yep. uh, famous actress who was found brutally just 
mutilated and left for dead and in pieces on the side of a highway not far from there. Thing was, was that she was actually at the Cecil Hotel right before that happened. There was eyewitnesses actually putting her at the Cecil Hotel before that was the last place that they saw her alive. So, again, you have this fucking crazy death of this woman who was killed in a different location and put there, situated in a very um, odd position. She was basically propped up in a, you know, in a certain way to like make a mockery of the whole thing. She was cut in half. Her, her face was mutilated. You know, it, her mouth was cut from her mouth to her ear. So it, it was just a very ugly, gruesome scene. And again, where was she before all this? The Cecil Hotel. So why, why, is, why is everybody, you know, why, why is this the, the, the center point of all these bad things that are happening all around Hollywood? It doesn't end there, Jay. <laughs> I wish it did, but it I, I, yeah, listen, I remember because we talked about it, and, and I'd done some some research, and some of the stories you know, crazy. I mean, I, it's a hotel. I'm not saying I don't care how cheap it is on Expedia. Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> that's not the place you want to go. Well, the next one I want to bring up about the Cecil Hotel that ties into it is um, Richard the Night Stalker Ramirez. Now, everybody remembers uh-huh. him. You know, he was uh, nicknamed that because he used to stalk the streets of Los Angeles uh, from uh, the, the years of 1984 to 1985. He wreaked havoc during that, um, that, you know, that time. And he was looking for innocent victims to basically mutilate. And he was a known Satanist. Everybody knew that. He used handguns, knives, machetes, tire irons. I mean, he used anything to just get to his victim. He was very ruthless. And, you know, it was so bad that a judge described him as, you know, murders of cruelty and callousness and viciousness beyond any human understanding. Now, (laughs) when a judge says that to you, that's pretty, pretty bad. You know what I mean? That's some serious shit. So how does it all tie in, Jay? How does it all tie in? Richard Ramirez actually used to stay at the Cecil Hotel. What happened was, was when it went to hard times, and I told you a lot of the crackheads used to, to you know, get rooms there. The rooms were like 14 bucks a night back then, and that was perfect right up his alley, and that's where he stayed the majority of the time, the Cecil Hotel. So, again, another person that's tied to this hotel. <laughs> mm. so, yeah. So, uh, something not right there. No, no. And it goes more. There's more to this, Jay. There's more. I wish there wasn't, but there is. George G- <laughs> George Giannini, okay? One of the okay. strangest deaths of this whole, whole hotel, the history of this whole hotel. If this wasn't strange enough, all the shit that I already told you already, this is the right. strangest one, all right? There's a 65-year-old guy named George Giannini. In 1962, him and his wife, 27-year-old Pauline Otten, they were arguing, okay? Next thing okay. you know, he leaves. He's like, fuck this, I'm out. He bounces. Okay. Right? We've all been there. We've all yeah. been there, right? Right. So what does Pauline do? What do you think she does? Drink. That would have probably been better than what she actually did. So she writes a suicide note and decides to Peter Pan herself right out the freaking window. Right? Woo! Yeah. Like a start of the right. Yo, oh, yeah. But this, that, this that's not where the, the story gets, uh, you know, takes a turn. What happens? She falls right on top of him, and they both die. No shit. As he's leaving the fucking hotel. Jesus. <laughs> how about that? How about them apples, no? Damn. Yeah, how I about mean, that luck? <laughs> I, I guess she had fallen for him. 
Oh man, and she was after him, dude. I mean, there was nothing. Oh, there was nothing stopping her. Uh, I mean, so that's like the craziest thing that would ever happen in a you know in a hotel. First off, and then this is just one of many. You know, I mean, that's just some crazy shit. The whole jumping out the window and landing on top of the dude. Is, wow, that's a whole different level. Yeah, it's another I, level. Definitely another level. And that's you know, I'm not even getting into the. There's other stories, Jay, about a woman throwing out her newborn baby out of the window. Uh, that's another story that, that comes out of there. There was also another one where there was a, a hotel greeter that worked at the Hotel Cecil. And uh, she was found uh, strangled and, and um, mutilated in one of the hotel rooms. So it just gets worse and worse. But, you know, it, it just there's something evil about that hotel, man. There's just It breeds something evil. You know, it, it does something to people, man. I totally believe it. It's like the shining. It's like the shiny dude. So yeah, what's next on yours, man? So for me, I'm going all the way back to really the beginning of uh, the iconic Hollywood that we know today, and one of the very earliest uh, considered haunts, and that's right at the Hollywood sign. Uh, did you know, Will, that actually the Hollywood sign originally said Hollywood Land? I did know that. Yeah, because I actually took a Hollywood sign um, tour when I was in Beverly Hills once. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, so, for those who don't know, it used to say Hollywoodland, and it actually was not originally intended to uh, to draw the bright lights and make you think of Hollywood and movies. It was actually for land development. It was a brilliant marketing ploy by somebody who was looking for land development, looking to sell land, uh, and looking to to build upon it. So he did it to try to draw attention to it, and it eventually became so popular that they couldn't tear it down. So. It's been a staple, a big part of the idea, the ideology of of Hollywood. Of, I mean, it says Hollywood. It's right there. It advertises Hollywood and the bouginess and the glitz and the glamour. Right, right. Uh, so not a lot of people think about the dark, the dark stuff that's happened. Now, uh, back in uh, 1923, I'm oh, sorry, uh, it, it was it was finished developed in 1923, but Back in 1925, rather, um, a woman by the name of Peg Entwistle jumped to her death. Uh, I'm sorry, it was actually September 18, 1932. She jumped off the H. She climbed the 50 feet, jumped off the H uh, to where she fell to all the way down to her doom. And police say that the impact would have been such that she would have died instantly. Wow. Um, kind of a gruesome way to go. So Peg Entwistle was um, a fairly new young up and comer uh, on Broadway and on stage plays, but of course, back in, in the 30s, the movies was where it was at. That was where you were going to get your most notoriety. So she had gone out uh, from New York to California to become uh, this main, this major actress. So she has a lot of trouble getting parts. She eventually. Um, I was getting a movie. It was a, a Celtic movie called uh, 13 Dames. And her part would eventually be cut from the film altogether. Really? Mm-hmm. So that pushed her even deeper into depression and despair to make ends meet. She took some nude photos, semi-nude, uh, but was so embarrassed by them. That is ultimately what drive, which drove her to walk from her uncle's house it was like an eight mile walk from her uncle's house to the Hollywood sign where she climbed up to the top of the H and threw herself off. Now, 
as sad a story as that is. Um, and kind of as common a story as, as one has definitely heard about girls trying to go strike it big in California, become, you know, movie stars or actresses or models and only end up falling short, the getting hooked into drugs and eventually dying. The Black Dahlia, look, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it gets more interesting after she's... Um, they found a note next to her body. It was actually was discovered by a jogger uh, who was jogging around the Hollywood side in the morning. Uh, and they discovered her note that said, I'm afraid, I'm a coward, I'm sorry for everything. If I didn't do this a long time ago, I wouldn't have hurt so many people. I wouldn't have, I would have saved a lot of people pain. Hmm. Um, she was on the edges of despair. She was drunk beyond belief. Uh, and that moment is now captured in uh, like a thread in time because a lot of joggers and hikers and the rangers that patrol that area have said they've seen her on multiple occasions walking. It almost looks like she's walking on air. Um, they, they always report a strong smell of gardenias, which mm-hmm. was apparently her favorite flower, uh, right before she appears. So there's a lot going on down that area. Very, very sad story, um, but really it, it kind of encompasses, it really just captures that whole darker side of Hollywood, uh, some of the tragedies. I mean, this one went from the highest to heights down to the lowest of lows uh, and now will forever be remembered as the woman that killed herself the Hollywood side. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, um, you know, you know, another thing, I think Ghost Adventures actually, um, you know, did an investigation in that area. And um, I think they were able to cap- capture a bunch of uh, ev- evidence out there. And it just couldn't, you know, it was one of those things where they were just constantly looking for this, you know, phantom that was just constantly moving out of the way and eluding them. And it was just, it was a very interesting and intriguing episode. But yeah, they talked about that woman who, you know, decided to kill herself on the sign. And, and like you said, there's been many other people that have actually tried to kill themselves there as well, too. I think they they have somebody there that's posted constantly to try to, like, deter them from killing themselves. Is that right, Jay? That is correct. They actually have a bunch of uh, roving rangers, like park rangers, not right. like army rangers. <laughs> uh, but still, they, there's constantly... Not that big a deal. There's constantly people uh, patrolling around that area to try to make sure that people don't get any big ideas on, on joining peg and whistle yeah definitely not yeah well yeah that's a definitely an intriguing story with jay and yeah i've always found that that site to be kind of creepy anyway it just looks creepy you know it's just like in this side of this mountain where it's just like a desert and just yeah it especially at night something weird about it at night when you see it there at night because i've been actually at the hollywood hills at night and it's just it's something eerie about it you get this weird feeling but yeah uh it's Something else, man, definitely. Well, um, the last thing I wanted to kind of bring up was the Pontages Theater, Jay, and I know you know a lot about this uh, particular theater. Um, it's it's settled in Hollywood, obviously, and it was um, actually bought by Howard Hughes. Now, everybody who knows who Howard Hughes is, I mean, he was the famous aviator who, uh, you know, created, uh, you know, the basically, you know, air flight as far as commercial air flight is concerned. So um, it's just an amazing, amazing uh, theater. It's still, uh, you know, there to this day. They've uh, redone it over and over, uh, but it looks absolutely amazing. And when he bought it, they actually did the Academy Awards there from like 1949 to like 1960 or something like that. And um, it's, 
yeah, it's just a, a beautiful theater. Um, a lot of things do happen, unfortunately, in that theater, though. Um, they they witness a lot of uh, fanta- you know, phantasms walking around and uh, ghosts of little children skipping around the theater stage. And the part that most people don't know that this actual theater was actually built on a former site of an elementary school that actually burned down in 1901 that actually killed 25 children and a teacher. Um, so... <laughs> You know, you build that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you did because you did your research. But most people don't know that. And, um, you know, that's when something like that happens in an area and then you just build another thing on top of it. That just doesn't usually work out too well. I don't know. I've just seen that played out so many times, that scenario, Jay, in many movies and books and just firsthand accounts and just never ends up very well. huh? No, I, I mean, it's the whole basis of poltergeist i mean you, you you don't build something on a grave site it's a bad idea if you can avoid it and uh this area seems to be very uh, potent with spirits and with uh with connection to the other side and people kind of be able to come through and make that contact yeah you're absolutely right and uh it's just you see all these things there's so many you know apparitions there and just uh people are constantly catching uh footage and uh you know uh, more and more evidence of just ghosts and evps and uh just things that they capture it's just un- unbelievable and it doesn't stop there just with the kids i mean they also there was a actual patron who died on the mezzanine level in 1932 during a show um and yep. they say that this ghost um they call her the singing woman um and after that woman said people started to hear women singing around the auditorium especially when it wasn't in use like when it was just completely empty you could hear it during the day and night. It doesn't matter. It can happen at any time. So um, that was the theory of why that particular ghost stayed around since the 1930s. But it's uh, it's said that she's gotten more bold over the years, and she's really you know starting to uh, mess with people. And um, you know it's it's interesting to know that obviously you have a theater like this, a beautiful theater, so much history, but it was erected on top of something so sinister, so dark. You know. How how do you expect something not to bad to happen there? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think that we're seeing too much about it back in the day. I it, it was just kind of part of what it was. It's just you know. Yeah, that's true. They, there's an open area built something. Yeah, you're right. So I don't think they were really thinking about the uh, the possible spiritual repercussions because especially especially Americans, we can be very um, numb to those kinds of things and very shut off to it because we think we're so smart, we know everything. Um, so I would definitely say that there's there's something to that back in the 20s that we just didn't think about things like that. Yeah, you're right. Do you know my the most interesting story I heard um, uh, about this this venue was please the that Howard Hughes. Well, so late at night, one of the costume designers was finishing up. She was the last one in the building. As she was leaving, she was walking through the theater towards the exit and all the lights went out. The walkway lights, the exit lights, everything went out. Uh, she couldn't see anything. So she was trying, kind of fumbling around, bumbling around and she said she felt a straw man's hand on her elbow kind of lead her the direction she had to go. When she finally got to the door, she opened it to shed a little light and say thank you to, uh, to the person that helped her and as she turned there was nobody there. Oh wow, yeah. That's a classic right there. Yeah, And, and again, you talk about something so tragic happening with that, that schoolhouse, you know, burning to the ground with the children and the teacher in it. 
and yet here is a positive spirit, the, the more likely than not the Howard Hughes spirit uh, kind of coming through to show the silver lining and that, uh, you know, that, that it's not all bad. No, that's true. I have a quick clip that I want to play um, regarding um, uh, this particular uh, theater. Hold on a second, okay? This kind of unexplainable event happens across town at another theater space, the iconic Contagious. We have about seven ghosts that uh, sort of are active in the building. I, I think the most famous one that people know about is Howard Hughes. He actually lived in the building for a period of time. He owned it. The dashing mogul who died in 1976 apparently still lingers, and other spirits who call Pantages home include the dog who barks down the pipelines, the little girl who sings in the hallways, and the lady who takes center stage. So in 1932, a performer died here on stage? Yeah, we don't know the circumstances, but we're told that she was a singer, uh, and that for the next couple of decades that she would actually haunt. She was the most, most prolific ghost, if you will, in the theater, uh, and she would be caught singing throughout the entire venue. Uh, she hasn't been heard, actually, in some time, and I think the little girl has actually taken over her place as the uh, spooky singer, if you will. The building sort of lives and breathes, and these these people, I think, chose to stay here beyond their sort of mortal lives. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think that maybe they don't want to pay for a Vita ticket? Yeah, everybody has to pay for a Vita ticket. <laughs> yeah, again, you have such a beautiful site, and I could see why somebody would be so attached to something like that um, and not want to leave. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, it makes, it makes total sense, especially the, the Howard Hughes uh, you know, connection. He. He actually lived in the building. Which is crazy. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, listen, um, that's it for uh, Haunted Hollywood, man. I think that's uh, a little bit of a good wrap on that, man. I know it's a short podcast for this week, but uh, we'll make it up to you guys next week and the week after our 50th episode is going to be coming up, and um, we're going to be planning some big stuff for that one. So we'll be uh, keep you up at the date on that, and um, we'll let you know what's going to be happening. So um, anything else for tonight, Jay? Uh, that's it. I would just always say beware of your surroundings uh, eyes open ears ready yeah absolutely all right man listen i am will martinez of course from my co-host jay Colosi. thanks for listening to dark fringe radio check us out again on instagram twitter facebook at dark fringe radio check us out as well on google play itunes soundcloud and player fm good night everybody 